Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Before we get into today's show, I have to ask you a question. Have you tried booking big name guests for your podcast, your YouTube channel, virtual summit, blog, or other content that you have, but you're just getting lost in email hell, being locked out by gatekeepers and unable to confirm a solid date? Or maybe you want to bring more attention to your content or your business by being a guest on other people's shows, but you're just not sure how to formulate your pitch or get a hold of the right hosts. Trust me, as a top 25 business podcaster, I've been through it all too. And that is exactly the reason that I created Guestio. Guestio is an all-in-one tool dedicated to helping you streamline your guesting workflow and grow your audience through finding, booking, and managing the top-tier guests and shows that you actually want. Discover new guests and platforms, schedule interviews on your booking calendar, communicate seamlessly with our built-in messaging system, download an easily shareable press kit complete with bio, headshots, links, and anything else that you might need for your creation process, and manage all of that from one easy-to-use dashboard. That's right, you can book guests like Manny Pacquiao, Jordan Harbinger, Lori Harder, Brandon Turner, and many, many others without ever leaving Guestio. So if you are tired of being rejected and ignored by top guests and platforms and sick of using 12 tools just to manage your interview workflow, then you're going to want to head over to Guestio.com right now to sign up for your free account and start using Guestio today. That's Guestio.com, G-U-E-S-T. IO.com. It's time to build your network with Guestio. And now let's get back to the show.
What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another BYN Breakdown. Today, we are talking about how to get those celebrity guests to finally say yes to being on your show. Whether it's podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, you're writing a book, whatever it is, and maybe virtual summit. There's a lot of those now. Poetry. Poetry, whatever content is important to you. Magazines. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you want to get high-level guests on your show and you want to actually have them say yes when you reach out and actually book a time after they say yes, uh, and that's what we're talking about in today's episode. But first, before we get into that, there is actually a tool that I built that's going to shortcut the entire process that we're about to talk about, and it's called Guestio. So head over to guestio.com to search and discover high quality guests and high quality shows. It's a dual marketplace. So if you have a show, go look for guests. If you want to be a guest on shows, create your guest account and go look for shows. Plus there's a bunch of interview uh, workflow stuff that's built into the back end of the software, uh, stuff like downloadable press kits. So you don't have to go through a bunch of emails to find a bio and headshots and uh, press links and all that stuff. Just being one downloadable, easy to use press kit. And then we have a built-in scheduler. We have built-in messaging. We built just basically a ton of cool stuff. It's the exact software that I was looking at. It's the exact software that I needed is basically why I built it. It was like all the things that I wish existed that didn't exist. And so head over to guestio.com. If you want to bypass a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. If you can't afford some of the people over on Guest, if you see one of your dream people that you have on your list, but it's, oh man, it's 2000 bucks for an interview. It doesn't make sense for me. Then we are going to talk a little bit today about how to go about getting those people without paying for them. So Eric, what is number one? The first point I think is pretty straightforward, but I think too few of us take time to do it. It's make a list, making a list of the guests you want to get onto your show. Yeah, you have to be purposeful about it. The, the thing is, networking is one of those things that doesn't happen on accident, like most things. But for some reason, maybe because you don't see the end result that quickly, people are way, are way more okay with leaving networking up to chance than they are leaving other things up to chance. And uh, if you want to be successful in this arena, you cannot leave it up to chance. The first thing I saw the notes in my notes section on my iPhone and stuff that's just a list of a bunch of guests that I wrote down. A Dream 100 list. All the people that I wanted to talk to on my show. I even have the Impossibles on there. That, like The Rock and Will Smith and LeBron James and Shaquille O'Neal and all these different people on there that I'd love to have conversations with someday. Obviously, when I first started, I had zero of those people on that list marked off. And uh, now it's 50, 60, 70 of them have been marked off. And I keep replacing them with more people. It basically puts your commitment to getting the job done out into the world a little bit. And I even know some people that put their dream 50 or dream 100 or top guests or whatever, like in a link on their email signature so that when they're emailing everybody, it, it like they can pull up a list of their top guests and potentially connect them to them. There's something powerful about writing that down and uh, being more purposeful about who you're reaching out to. Because once you write it down, you can see where there's some commonalities in your list. So if you're writing down a list of all the people that you want to talk to. And let's say you're in real estate and in in business. So like you want to learn more, you, you want to interview guests that are in real estate and you want to interview guests that crush it with online business because you're going to help real estate agents do better with on their online lead gen strategies or something like that. So if you write down your list and you have the top producing real estate agent in the Western United States as somebody on your list, 
and then you have another person on your list that is a, a you know an, an affiliate marketer that lives in Bali. The odds of those two people knowing each other are not very high. No. But if there's other real estate agents on your list that are also top performers in a similar area that this guy's in, or maybe it's a mortgage you know, lender or something like that, somebody that spoke on a same stage with that person, they're probably going to know each other. So when you start making that list, you can start segmenting people according to the existing network that they have, and it will help you to start checking off names a lot faster and connecting with people a lot faster because it's all within this one like bubble. They're, they're in the, their own connective uh, connected bubble. I, I didn't understand this until I really started putting it into practice because I thought that everybody knew when I first got started, uh, the majority of my list was podcasters because that's yeah. what I was trying to do. So it was like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn and Chris Ducker and Amy Porterfield and Jordan Harbinger and all these people. And they all knew who each other were. But then I went over to this other field of people that was a little bit more on the like Grant Cardone world with Greg, Grant Cardone and Ed Milet and Brad Lee and all these other people. And I started noticing that a lot of the people that was in that were in the original circles where everybody knows each other and these people are super well known, all of a sudden you go one sphere, one bubble over and nobody knows who those people are. So one of the really cool things that's been that I've been able to use as a value piece around my brand is I've been able to connect with different groups of people, different bubbles of people. And then I get to be the bridge that connects those bubbles together, which is extremely valuable because they're all still really high level people yeah. that just don't know each other because they don't operate in the same world. So start with that list because you got to be purposeful about it. And, and, and then once you write out, once you have it written down, it's a lot easier to look at that and start segmenting and start making priorities for, okay, for me at the time, even if I wrote down all those people, the podcasters were still at the top of my priority list at the beginning because that's what I was trying to learn most about. I was trying yeah. to learn how to be a better podcaster. So I wanted to talk to the best podcasters out there. And then when I was um, getting more into real estate investing, I talked to a bunch of real estate investors on my show and I knocked off a bunch of those. And I talked to some people that I thought would be really beneficial to talk to about those different topics and things like that. And then you move into, and now uh, with, with Guestio, with my software, I'm getting more into the SaaS space. And so now I've talked to a lot of SaaS CEOs and, 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 and startup founders and different people like that in that context and been able to mark people off at, in groups at a time because they all know each other and they can make introductions. And then I can use those other names for credibility to continue to book other people, even if they're not willing to make introductions. Yeah. It helps you knock down the dominoes a little bit faster. Yeah, definitely. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters 
is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. No. And the next thing that I would think is just to start reaching out. And one of the big things we always talk about is being persistent with the reach out. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, especially when it comes to really with any guest, we tend to reach out with an email and then leave it on them and never reach out again. And so I think obviously we can talk a little bit about the difference between being persistent and being annoying. Right. But what are some ways you can pursue people in a way that's not frustrating for them? Yeah, you definitely have to reach out. Like that's the action and that's the most obvious thing, but people don't do it. They'll build a list, but they're too afraid of rejection. So they never reach out to anybody. You can't do that. You have to just set a goal. I'm going to reach out to 10 people a day. I'm going to reach out to five people a day. I'm going to reach out to five people a day. And then in two weeks, I'm going to go back and follow up with all the people that didn't respond or that did respond, but uh, said, wait a second or whatever it is, right? Like you have to build a little bit of a plan to execute. And then, and then when you go in for that reach out, by the way, you have to have a really specific ask. That's the cool thing about content and, and content creation in general is that if you're listening to this in terms of just a networking and in general, you don't have a podcast, you don't have a show or a platform or something like that, your request, your ask is going to be a lot different than what it is for me when I'm just asking people to be on my show. Uh, people are way more likely to say yes to a podcast interview than they are to say yes to a five minute phone call. And I know because I've tested it with people who are extremely busy and have a lot of demands on their time. It, they, they do not say yes to phone calls, but they will say yes to podcast interviews, which is why this is like the perfect excuse, the perfect tool to reaching out to those people and having a really good ask. Because if you're not clear, even if you get their attention with the reach out, there's nothing that can happen next. Like you're all over the place. You're just talking about these random things and then there's no clear like call to action. All they're wondering the whole time they're reading it is, okay, I, I get it. Okay, cool story. But also, why are you reaching out to me? What do you want? What do you need? Like, how can I help? What? That's the only question in their head. So if you don't come up with an ask and you don't ask that Uh, and you don't have that be super clear about what it is, then your odds of getting a response drop significantly. And your odds of getting what you want done are almost nothing because you didn't even tell them what you want done from the interaction. And then you just got to be okay with the fact that some people are going to look at that request and be like, ah, it doesn't resonate with me. And it's okay, cool. But you can't harbor bitterness. I see so many people, even people that harbor bitterness against me for saying no to like them coming on my show or something like that. And I was like, look, I, I would love to have everybody on my show, but that's just not how it works. You know what I mean? No. Like I've built it to make sure that I have this certain quality of people and my show's booked out for five months. Like I can't bring you on the show. And people get so upset and acting like I rejected them and like that I think that they're a bad person and all that stuff. And it's just none of that is true. It's just like yeah. you have to respect the fact that I've built this platform and at this like uh, point, like this just isn't a good fit. So don't get mad at me. Just like I've had a bunch of people tell me no, uh, obviously for being on my show and for me being on their shows. But I don't get mad at them. I just go so, like uh, some a guy the other day recently. 
actually like a pretty decent friend of mine who I asked to be on a show and he said no. And uh, he was just like, it's not anything that has to do with you. It's just like uh, right now it do- that doesn't align with the type of guests that I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that are doing this specific thing and you don't do that. And like I, at first I kind of got offended, but then I was like, you know what? It's his show. He gets to decide who comes on. And I should just take that as a challenge to be like, you know what? Let me add some notches to my belt. Let me add some cool things to my resume to make it to where next time I reach out, you're like, oh, this is a hell yes now. Don't take it as being like right. like a chip on your shoulder and that guy's a you know douchebag now. Like, the, like you have to just be okay with the fact that it's not going to work out with some people and, and you need to go look for the people who it is going to um, work out for. And I know you asked me a question at the beginning of all of that, but I wanted to make sure that I got across the have an ask and make Make sure that it's crystal clear what that ask is when you do those reach outs. Right. And then as far as following up, how often do you think it's reasonable for people to be following up and say, hey, did you get my last email or hey, here's an update on where I'm at. Would it be a good fit now? Yeah, sure. I, I think that there's not really a real rule to that, except for have some intelligence about it. Have some emotional intelligence, like up your EQ a little bit and think about what it's like to be that person. And uh, we've talked about this in a previous episode about trying to understand where people are coming from. And when you are somebody who doesn't have a lot of demands on your time and you are reaching out to people who do have a lot of demands on their time, it's hard to really understand or comprehend exactly how much they, how many things they have going on. And I'm speaking as somebody who used to not have a lot of demands on their time and used to not have to worry about anybody trying to get on phone calls with them. And now to the point where that happens a lot more frequently. So I have to guard my time more uh, carefully. It doesn't, it like it gave, it gives me so much more empathy for people who are 10 times busier than I am, who have a thousand people reaching out to them on a monthly basis to try to get a hold of them and stuff like that. Because so you have to think about you have to think about where they're coming from on that. And if I were in this person's position, would they think I'm annoying at this point? And then and then you have to employ different principles in your follow-up that make sure that you're not being pushy, but you're being professional in your follow-up because one of them gets you blocked and one of them gets you results. And you have to be the person that's being professional in your follow-up and not pushy in your follow-up. So what I say is just wait a few days after the first reach out again you don't get anything on that one, it, it it really just depends on how important it is to you to get that particular interview. But for me, if it's really important, I'll wait a couple weeks at that point and then I'll reach out again. And then if I still don't hear back, I'll reach out about every four to six weeks after that to continue getting them on. Like some of my biggest name guests that I got on my show at the very beginning, I had to do that. I didn't have any other choice because I didn't have enough recognition to have enough big names and have credibility, didn't have enough episodes or time in iTunes or ratings or reviews to merit some of those bigger people coming on my show. But what ended up getting them on was that like every month or two, I would follow up with an email, well-written email that uh, basically gave them a quick update and then asked for the uh, the appearance on my show again. So it was just I, when I reached out, it wasn't like what, what the last thing you want to do is give this person the impression that everything that you're working on depends on them being involved in the project, because that's the opposite of scarcity. You know what I'm saying? It's you're making them like the everything about it. And why would somebody who's worked really hard and probably spent lots of money to cultivate the influence that they have, why would they use that to help a person that they've never met before have similar results that they've worked really hard to have? Like It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's a bad ask. That's an unfair ask of you to, to have of somebody. Because if they said yes to everybody that was looking to do that, they would never stop promoting other people's stuff. So you got to be respectful and understand where they're coming from and to get them to think that like this train is leaving the station with or without you. My show is going to get better with or without you, yeah. but I would really love to highlight your story. That's the idea that you want to get across to them when you're reaching out. And so that's kind of what I adopted was like when I would 
would reach out to these people, I would give them an update on what happened in my show in the last couple of months. Hey, since my last reach out, I was able to book so and so and so. And so. I know that you know them because of blah blah blah. And I just really want to reiterate the fact that like I would I, I was reading I was rereading through your book last week, and there's this really interesting part that, that really stuck out to me. And I used that here, and I would really love to expound a little bit more with my audience about it, and, and then let me know. So I, I will keep doing that unless somebody explicitly tells me to stop reaching out because most people don't feel good by telling people like, no, this isn't going to happen ever. So stop reaching out. The majority of people are just like, oh yeah, try again in a few months. But most people just won't try again in a few months. Don't be most people. You have to do what most people aren't willing to do so you can get the results that most people won't be able to get. And that's exactly what I was doing at at that time is like, anytime somebody was like, oh, reach back out in a couple months. I was like, okay, great. Put it on my calendar, reach back out to, here's their email. Here's the last thing I said to them. Then I'll follow up with them in a couple of months. And then when you do those things, now you're professional. They can't perceive you as being pushy when they told you to reach out in a couple of months and you did it. You know what I mean? So I'll remind them at the beginning of the next reach out email. You know what I mean? Hey, just reaching out like you told me to the last time we talked. Um, just wanted to revisit this, get it back up to the top of your inbox. And, and then here's what's happened in the last couple of months since the last time I reached out. You have to be professional about it and continue to have a really good attitude. And like one time I pulled up, uh, it was a DM that I was sending to somebody. I'd reached out six, seven different times and got ignored a couple of times, told, told no a couple of times. And then I eventually just sent another sense of sent a video. And after this much rejection, most people are just like, screw, you're just mean. They get all in their feelings about it. But instead of doing that, I basically just remained cheerful and remained professional And I pulled up my Instagram DM, turned it on video. I said something along the lines of, hey there, I hope you're doing well. I said the little thing about read your your book and or did whatever. And then I said something like, look, I come from a door sales background, so I have a tendency to be pretty persistent. So you might as well just say yes sooner rather than later so we can just get this taken care of and I can be out of your hair. And I, But the way that I said it was very much like jovial, a smile on my face, being professional about it. I sent the video because it can come across really poorly if you text something like that. Made it personal, made it professional, and that person eventually did say yes. And I was able to you know, make some key introductions for them to get on some other really big shows of friends of mine and get on some stages and stuff like that. It ended up being a really great connection. Um, and I'm still friends with that person to this day. And I would not have been if I took the first the first push off of, let me talk to my team, which is basically a no. If I would have just taken that and been like, oh man, they don't want to connect with me and then just got all my feelings about it, I would have never made that thing happen. Like you have to be persistent and you have to do it in a professional way. Yeah. And I, I think you really hit on this when you talked about just having them build your brand and making yourself seem like you're dependent on their yes. Right. And uh, one of the big things you always talk about is making yourself like establishing yourself as a peer to them and not as this fan where if you would do, it would launch me to this level. Or if you would say, yes, my show could be the show that I picture it could be. And so what are some ways that you can establish yourself as a peer and have the credibility to really be where they are going to see you as someone that they'd want to partner with, as opposed to being a fan, they can push off a little bit. Yeah. Try not to use the word fan when you're talking to people. I see people do that all the time. Oh man, big fan. And it's, you immediately just told that person how to think you think about you. You immediately told that person how to perceive you and where to put you in like their hierarchy of their mind. It's just psychological. It doesn't make that person a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just literally what is a psychological thing that happened when you just came up and said big fan. 
Uh, and sometimes that might not matter to you. And I'm not saying to change your personality and all, you know, all, this, all these other things, but I'm saying if this matters to you in terms of being able to collaborate with some of these people, you can't treat them as if they're this crazy special person. You have to be able to treat them like they're normal. And by the way, this does not mean trying to brag about all the amazing things that you've done so that they perceive you awesome. Yeah. Because all that does is make people think that you're arrogant. I, I remember one of the first times I, I worked a booth with John Lee Dumas. It was the second time, actually, I guess say, I say one of the first times. There was only two times. It was the second time that I did. It was at this conference called Thrive that my buddy Cole Hatter puts on. And I, I was in the booth watching people come up to John because John is a pretty well-known podcaster. And so all these people were coming by the booth, getting pictures with them and having them sign their journals and all this other stuff. And I was blown away by this guy who came up and literally for 10, 15 minutes, uh, maybe not 15 because John's pretty good about cutting people off, but maybe five to 10 minutes just talked about the accomplishments that he's done and talked about himself for five to 10 minutes. And I was like, bro, you have an opportunity here to learn from somebody who you respect and admire but all you did was barf your achievements on him as if that's going to be the thing that makes you guys become best friends. And it's just not going to. In fact, it has the opposite effect uh, on those people. So you can't come across being all grovelly and like, oh, such a big fan and stuff like that. And then you also can't come across being like trying to trying to put yourself on their level by trying to convince them that you're really cool and really awesome and amazing what you do. You know what I mean? Like you, there's got to be there's got to be a happy medium there. And a couple of ways that I try to do that is having direct introductions. Positioning is probably the best word that I could use to describe this because that there's a variety of different ways to position yourself in a better way. And one of them would be introductions from other people. Um, the other one, another for another example here would be at the same conference at Thrive. A year later, I came back as just an attendee. I wasn't working any uh, any booth or anything like that. And I became the top affiliate for Thrive, which I knew got me a backstage pass to be able to go hang out with the speakers backstage. And when you, when there's a conference of a thousand plus people and you're one of the people that's backstage with all the other speakers, you're meeting them. The way that you're meeting them is in a completely different light than if you would have met them in a line of a hundred people at the back when everybody's taking pictures with them. And I hope that makes sense. Right. Like it, you're meeting them in a completely different way. That's called positioning. You're positioning yourself in a way that makes people take you more seriously. And that's the same thing that an introduction does for you. An introduction from somebody that person respects and trusts and likes already will give you a similar ability. It will give you a similar positioning there. And that's why you should try to go speak at conferences where people that you respect are also speaking because it is a different position there. But don't, I just feel, don't be fake. Don't try to be this person that you're not. If you're like, I've spoken at conferences with pretty big names, but I don't, after I leave, like, try to make myself seem like I'm the same as that person. Does that make sense? I, I, I don't, I just don't vibe because with that. Because you're probably not. I am where I am. Like you have to have self-awareness around who you are, where you are, your lot in life, like the place that you are currently are in your career. And uh, you have to base that on the interactions that you're having with people. You can't just come across, if you're coming up to somebody who has accomplished much more than you have in your career, and in life and stuff like that. And you try to pretend like you're the same exact level as that person. Like it just turns people off. It's bad emotional intelligence. It, it's bad communication skill to try to do that. You just got to recognize exactly where you are. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people to grovel. I'm not trying to tell people to like, to think negative thoughts about themselves. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying you got to at least have some sort of self-awareness. Uh, I tell people be aware, be square. You know what I mean? Like you, you cannot come into the conversation with this, like 
this really elevated view of who you are just because you were maybe good at one thing back then doesn't you, you got to have a little bit of self-awareness in, in those situations and come into it with that better positioning and, that, and that's another reason to have a podcast that's another reason to have a platform because if you can meet somebody while you're interviewing them for your show that's a different connection than, like I said, shaking their hand in the back of a room with when they're like, they have a, a step and repeat behind them. So with photo opportunities and there's 50 other people in line behind you that are telling you to hurry up because they're trying to like go get food after this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a completely different connection, completely different relationships. I try to put myself in situations where I can meet them as peers and not as fan. You know what I mean? I don't, I want them to, I want the distinction in their head to be completely different. Right. Um, and that, which is another reason to join masterminds and do that kind of stuff too, because if you can join a mastermind with a bunch of other people, they're meeting you in the same context that you're meeting them in. And the positioning there is a lot better um, than if you met in a line at Starbucks or whatever, all of those things. Yeah, definitely. I think those are all good points, but I, I think the big takeaways here are make a list, be persistent in your reach out, but not annoying. And then try to find ways to build credibility and establish yourself as a peer. And of course, if you want to take a very quick fast track, you can always go through Guestio and book directly with your guests without ever leaving the platform. So yeah, those are a couple really good spots. And another great place to network with people is through the Build Your Network Facebook group if you want to tell the audience about that. Yeah. So if you are listening to the show and you have not joined the Facebook group yet, I highly recommend it. We got we got a good amount of people over there and and there's just so many amazing folks. And one of the cool things that we do is for new people that jump in, we try to encourage you to create a Calendly link or a scheduling app link and then post it into the group. And one of the coolest things that's happened in that group is a bunch of people hopping on phone calls with each other. So they get to know each other outside of the context of just a Facebook post and they get to actually have real conversations, which just makes the connections in the group that much better. So travischapelcom slash group, travischapel, C-H-A-P-E-L-L.com slash group is where you can go to join the Facebook group, The Lounge. We all know that's where the networking takes place at the events. So that's what the Facebook group is called, The Lounge. Head on over there, connect with some other people who listen to the show and some other entrepreneurs, podcasters, content creators, marketers, all of the above. Head on over there and I will be over there a bunch as well. So looking forward to connecting with you over at travischapel.com slash group. That's it for this episode, guys. Catch you in the next one. Peace out. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join my free Facebook group, The Lounge. I'll see you over there and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.